Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting down with Garrett Sutton today. And uh, if you know anything about the Rich Dad Advisors, Robert Kiyosaki's cohort of highly professional, you know, experts in what they do, you know about Garrett Garrett Sutton. And I'm super excited to really welcome him to this conversation today. I'm super excited to welcome Elevate Nation into this discussion today, because we're going to be talking about asset protection. We're going to be talking about you know, legal structures for your real estate deals, legal due diligence, all of these things that are super important to really protect and grow your wealth, protect and grow your own capacity uh, in real estate. And obviously using that as the best vehicle possible, because at the end of the day, real estate is a vehicle towards creating an outcome that you want in your life. And that's what we're committed to doing here on Elevate is bringing the best of the best, you know, from all different vantage points, whether it is mindset, whether it's you know, habits, whether it's professional tools, um, you know, strategies, mindsets from the greatest entrepreneurs, and or folks like Garrett Sutton, you know, go, guys who are going to help you really elevate your own understanding from a legal capacity, which is extremely important. You know, we've got to be thinking about what can we do to scale the mountaintops. And when we scale those mountaintops, we've got to protect, you know, what we've built. And, um, that's what we're going to do today. So I'm super excited about this discussion. Are you ready to take it to another level? That's the question that I always ask. And I have no doubt today we're absolutely going to do that. And I want to welcome you back to the show where we sit down for mind expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate. Obviously, Garrett Sutton fits into that category, as well as top experts in other industries and disciplines. And it is our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. We will distill the mindset, the habits, routines, the systems, the legal systems, the legal tools, the legal strategies, and so much more from an individual like Garrett Sutton, who is absolutely elevating to a life without limits, who has elevated to a life without limits, and all also, you know, gives the tools to others from a legal perspective so that they can do the same so that you, the listener, can elevate to a life without limits yourself. And so you can stay there because at the end of the day, you know, there are predators out there. There are legal predators. And otherwise, we want to be thoughtful on how we're doing that. And so this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through personal growth, real estate investing, other ventures, and most importantly, and ultimately in their lives. If you appreciate what we're doing on the show, certainly be grateful if you subscribe to the show uh, so you can be notified and you can automatically download, you know, the the new episodes. We come out with new episodes twice a week. We work extremely hard on being thoughtful on the show, being, you know, diligent in who we're choosing uh, to be on the show and obviously showing up and playing full out to bring the best of the best out of the best of the best. So we super be uh, super grateful, super be super, super, super grateful if you subscribed if you gave us a rating a review a five-star rating if you're so inclined it really helps us and and i I, i'm super grateful for that again here it's come i'm coming out man i'm super 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 duper happy (laughs) about all this but if you're really enjoying the show seriously from the bottom of my heart i would really really appreciate that and i hope that this is really adding value to you because at the end of the day you know, that's what I'm here for is to to give, you know, this is a fulfilling, it's kind of like a passion project for me uh, through Elevate, you know, we don't get paid to do this, I don't get paid to do this. I'm truly giving to in an effort, you know, to to realize 
uh, for, for more folks to realize that you can live a life of fulfillment. You can actually live a life that you don't tolerate, but you actually elevate, right? You don't, you're not just tolerating. You're not just showing up and saying, man, today was rough. You know, it's just, this is just part of life these days. You know, I don't have to, you know, I, I hope I had fun in high school and in college and all these things. You know, you don't have to live that life and real estate and personal growth and investing in yourself and being willing to open your mind and expand your mind is really the key. And so I'm super thankful. And my goodness, how many times are I going to say super today? So uh, at any rate, uh, really appreciate everybody. If you are also enjoying, you want to expand the conversation, please visit us on the Facebook community page, Elevate Podcast Community. Uh, you can actually expand the discussion, join the tribe there. And also check out our new website, elevatepod.com. Be sure to share this podcast with a friend. You know, if you're learning something from the show, you know, the only fee that we ask from you is that you share it with someone else. And uh, that doesn't cost a dime for you either. We're just um, extremely thankful to uh, have the opportunity to have this platform. And with all that said, I want to introduce you to Garrett Sutton, who has been in practice for more than 35 years. He assists entrepreneurs and real estate investors from around the world to protect their assets and maximize their financial goals through sound management and asset protection strategies. Garrett is a highly sought after guest speaker and serves as the member of the elite group of the Rich Dad Advisors for best-selling author Robert Kiyosaki. Garrett has authored several successful books for business owners, including Start Your Own Corporation, Run Your Own Corporation, Writing Winning Business Plans, and Loopholes of Real Estate. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see Loopholes of Real Estate, you know, over my shoulder here. And that's a phenomenal read. And I would recommend all of his books and all of the education that he puts out there. So you definitely want to check that out. But these books are part of the best-selling Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Wealth, book, wealth Building book series. There's so much to learn so much that we're uh, really looking forward to engaging in this conversation. So I want to uh, invite you to enjoy this, you know, really deep conversation and insightful conversation with Garrett Sutton. Garrett, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Good. How are you, Tyler? I'm doing phenomenal. You know, we got a sunny day today. It's the middle of the week. I feel like we got some momentum going. You've got some good stuff working too. What do you think? Oh, it's great. I'm uh, really enjoying the fall and uh, I've got a new book coming out. So that's keeping me on my toes and uh, everything's good. That's awesome, man. You know, one thing I'm always curious about is what drives people. And the reason why I am is just because I feel like a lot of people, perhaps they, they hear this inner voice and they either take the call or they don't. But, you know, most of the folks we talk to on Elevate, you know, obviously take that call and, and it doesn't come without fear and doesn't come without doubt and worry and all these things. But I'm just curious. I mean, where where did you sort of like, if you were to look back on your journey, I mean, where did it start for you to be sort of committed to your own excellence and to strive and become more and write books and all these things that you do? I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I, I would go back to my uh, parents. I mean, they were just very, uh, you know, demanding. They expected excellence. And, uh, you know, um, they, in school, they insisted that I study. Uh, they wanted me to have you know, a normal life. We did various extracurricular activities, but they were pretty demanding when it came to studying. And uh, I guess you're you're kind of uh, the product of your parents. I've I've done the same with my kids. <laughs> so right, you know, they, uh, I, I'm not their best friend. I'm their parent, and uh, so I, I'm pretty demanding on them. And they're doing great. 
So obviously you, you know, there's times where parents will demand excellence and the kid, you know, rebels, right? I mean, did you ever, were you ever in that camp or you're always like, okay, well, you know, let's take the direction and let's go there and let's keep it going. Well, I mean, you always rebel. I mean, I, I did things <laughs> that they didn't approve of, but that was just the time frame, you know, and uh, the same with my kids, but you know, they have an underlying um, core of, uh, group of values that they don't deviate from. They may try and rebel and do funny things that, uh, you know, you wouldn't do later in life. Uh, but once they have that, uh, that core value uh, skill set and, and belief systems, they're going to stick to it. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. I mean, you know, one thing that I'm super you know, fond of is thinking about core values and really establishing those for yourself and, you know, for others around you and really establishing your own sort of culture of excellence. And so, I mean, have you, have you established core values for yourself as well from a personal and professional perspective? Yeah. I mean, I certainly, uh, you know, I practice law, we do asset protection and uh, we want to provide uh, people with excellent asset protection and yet at a very affordable fee. I mean, a lot of these people out there in asset protection are selling services and, and structures that people don't really need. And, uh, you know, my, my father was a judge uh, in Oakland. And so he always said that the attorney has a fiduciary duty to the client. And, you know, my first duty is not to my bank account, but it's to the client's best uh, efforts. And, and fiduciary duty. And so that's, that's how we view things. We're gonna provide people with excellent service, but we're not gonna oversell them. You know, I have a duty to provide uh, legal advice uh, in a way that does not negatively affect the client. And, and fortunately in my space, not, not, it's not true for all lawyers, but in my space, you do have both lawyers and non-lawyers who are selling services that people don't need. And I just, that, that part of me, that's one of my core values is I, I just can't sleep at night if I'm doing that kind of activity. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety. Our team, including yours truly, leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. To learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. Yeah, I'm with you too. It's like, you know, even if there wasn't a fiduciary responsibility, it's just the right thing to do to treat right. other people the way you'd want to be treated. What a concept. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> it's so interesting that we have to even have this piece of the conversation. It's it's sad to a certain degree, but but I appreciate that. And um, talk to me about that from a fiduciary you know, perspective, obviously, the way that you serve clients and, you know, talking about asset protection and protecting sort of, you know, it's like we, we talk about building, we talk about visions, we talk about accomplishing. But at the end of the day, we do live in a predatory environment to a certain degree. So talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, what are some, some of the sort of common pitfalls that you see folks from an asset protection side of things in real estate that, you know, you really kind of start with? And uh, let's go from there. 
Well, I mean, we live in a very litigious society and people sue each other all the time. Attorneys are on a contingency fee whereby they get a percentage of what they collect. And for the car wreck case, that works out. I mean, most people don't have enough money to pay an attorney to pursue a car wreck claim. So the attorney gets a third or 40% of what's collected and the car wreck victim doesn't have to come out of pocket. So the contingency fee works. Uh, it's part of our system. You and I aren't going to change it. But it also uh, allows attorneys to go after other people, uh, other uh, you know situations, tenants, may claim that they fell on your property and were severely injured. Uh, you know, there's a system whereby people will sue real estate investors um, and the attorneys will be on contingency and get a percentage of what's collected. We're not gonna change that as I mentioned, but the system also allows us to set up LLCs and asset protection structures to protect ourselves. We, we want to invest in real estate. The government has learned that they are not good at providing housing for people. So we do have tax advantages so that individual citizens, you and I, Tyler, will provide housing for people. Uh, we also need to realize that those people that we're providing housing for may sue. And it's important to have insurance. Insurance is always the first line of defense. But you need the second line of defense, which are the LLCs uh, for businesses, corporations. And we just need to take advantage of the legal system and, and protect ourselves. And kind of to get to your point, you need to do this right at the start. When you buy that first piece of property, you need to be thinking about how can I protect it? What happens, Tyler, is people will buy the, the first piece of property, take title in their individual name and say, I'll pay for an LLC later. And what happens in certain, a certain percentage of cases is the tenant sues while the title is in your individual name. You're personally responsible for that claim, whereas an LLC would have shielded you from unlimited liability. Right, so talk to me about the difference there. So if you look at somebody who purchases a property in their individual name versus, a, versus an LLC, obviously you've got, you've got an entity that kind of separates your personal liability from the asset. But obviously, you know, if you are sued, you know, within an LLC, you do have some sort of exposure there. So talk to me about the differences from a liability standpoint, just to kind of keep it simple so we can illustrate this, this point a bit further. All right. So let's say a tenant sues and they, uh, you, you own a duplex and the tenant sues and your insurance doesn't cover the claim. Uh, and the, you own the duplex in your individual name. That means they have a claim against Tyler, right? And they can get everything that Tyler owns, which could be another duplex, which could be a vacation home. You know, it could be a brokerage account. Everything in Tyler's name they can reach. Now, let's say you have the duplex in an LLC. So the tenant is renting from the LLC, they sue the LLC, and you're right, they can get what's inside the LLC. They can get the equity in the duplex, right? So you have a 500, let's say a $200,000 duplex, you have a $120,000 note to the bank. They could get that 80,000, the bank has first dibs on the 120, but they could get the equity of the 80,000. Um, and people say, well, geez, that's horrible. That's not asset protection. 
But importantly, they can't get what's outside the LLC. They can't get your vacation home. They can't get the other duplex. They can't get the brokerage account. So you do have protection there. Now, let's look at a situation, Tyler, where you have 10 properties in that LLC, right? They sue the LLC and their 10 properties with equity of a million dollars in there. They could reach the equity in all 10 properties. So we want to split up assets. We don't want to create a target-rich LLC. Some people will put two or three properties per LLC. It's a judgment call. I have clients that will only put one property per LLC for the better asset protection. So those are some of the issues that we deal with. Uh, and when you're starting out, it's important to realize that you're, you're conducting business. You're doing business with the public. You can get sued in that situation. And they're very easy, affordable steps to take to protect yourself right off the bat. Excellent. And so obviously we, we need to create entities to limit our own liability. Are there any further steps that you would recommend? I mean, if, if folks have their LLCs in place, you know, what would you recommend as far as additional, you know, structuring outside of, you know, insurance, you know, are we talking about additional legal documentation from an operating agreement perspective or is there anything else you'd shed light on there? Yeah. Uh, we mentioned the inside attack where the tenant sues um, there's also the outside attack where you get in a car wreck. It has nothing to do with the duplex, uh, but you know, your insurance doesn't cover you. And so they would like to get at the duplex and certain States are really weak in that regard. California says, sure, you were in a car wreck. You can force a sale of the duplex on the outside attack. Inside attack is where the tenant sues the LLC Outside attack, you've been in a car wreck, it's a claim against you personally, Tyler, and they wanna get at what you own. In California, they say, Tyler owns a du uh, duplex in an LLC, we can uh, order a, a sale of the duplex to satisfy the car wreck victim. So the second level of structuring is to protect against the outside attack. And that's where a Wyoming LLC comes into play. Wyoming, Nevada, Delaware have very strong laws that are going to protect that car wreck victim from getting at your real estate. So for example, you get in the car wreck, you have a Wyoming LLC that is the holding LLC, and then your California and all your other state LLCs are owned by that one Wyoming LLC. And in Wyoming, the exclusive remedy is called the charging order. And that's a, a, a lien on distribution. So unlike California, where they say, go ahead and sell the uh, assets inside the LLC, Wyoming law says, no, we're not going to let that happen. You're going to receive distributions that Tyler would have received, but you can't go in and force a sale of all these assets. So that's the second level of structuring that we like to do. We have the title holding LLCs at the top owned by a Wyoming or another strong state LLC to prevent the uh, something bad happening on the outside attack. And then another thing to consider, Tyler, would be having an umbrella policy of insurance. Um, typically, when you have your home and your autos with the same company, let's say it's farmers, um, you can ask them for extra coverage. It's called the umbrella policy. And typically, you can get an extra million dollars of coverage for $400 a year. You know, it's pretty good insurance. 
And if you get in that car wreck, then there's enough money to pay the claim of the car wreck victim. The attorneys know how to get at insurance money and they'll leave you alone with these LLCs because they're not good at getting through uh, Wyoming LLCs. It's not a good use of their time. So that's kind of how we put things together. That's great. And and I like that because, you know, everybody listening here wants to be the best of the best, right? We want to strive to become industry leaders, industry icons in certain degrees. And so, you know, we're not just looking for, you know, a little bit of success. We're looking to be the best of the best. And so I love that because, you know, it's not just about that first step. I mean, the first step is going to put you in position to take more sophisticated steps to protect yourself and be thoughtful because hope is not a strategy. That's one of the things we talk about so frequently. (laughs) hope that we don't get sued. We hope that bad things don't happen. Well, that's not always going to work out, right? And um, I mean, is there anything else that you would point to as far as further sophistication on asset protection or just being thoughtful in terms of developing your own legal uh, structures? Well, those are the, the main elements. There are all sorts of other trusts that people will use. Some people will use what's called a Nevada Asset Protection Trust. And it is a good device for the right person, the right situation. Uh, they are somewhat expensive to set up and maintain. Uh, but, you know, if you've got $20 million worth of real estate and you want to add that extra layer of protection, having the Wyoming LLC owned by a Nevada Asset Protection Trust, uh, some of our clients do that. We refer the work out. We don't do the Nevada Asset Protection Trust, but that it, that would be, a, I guess, a third level of asset protection to consider. I love that. Yeah. And let's speak to the folks who are passive investors as well, because, you know, I, I know a lot of our listeners are active, they're buying properties, but there's also a lot of folks who are busy professionals that say, you know, you look at real estate and there's so many benefits, but gosh, I just don't have the time. I just don't have the time to really roll up my sleeves. And, and I also don't have the network. I don't have the expertise. And, um, you know, I love what I'm doing. I'm earning a good living, but I'm also participating passively. So, you know, this is one, one kind of field or, or part of the industry that I don't feel like folks talk about enough. As, as far as asset protection for passive investors. So would you would you approach it from the same vantage point that we just discussed or is there any different strategies that you would point to? Well, you raise a very good point, Tyler, because when you are passively investing, uh, you don't have as much risk, uh, especially on the inside attack. The tenant suing is going to go after the LLC that you invested in. However, on the outside attack, Uh, If you hold an interest in that LLC in your individual name, they can receive the distributions that you would get from that LLC. So what we do is we set up a Wyoming LLC to hold your interest in that passive investment. So let's say you own 5% of an LLC or an LP that owns a 100-unit apartment building. And you can own it in your individual name. You can be an individual member of the LLC. Uh, but if you get sued, they can step in and, and receive the distributions you would get. So we like to, in the passive situation, have your interest in that LLC held by a Wyoming LLC for the reasons we just mentioned. On the outside attack, you get in the car wreck. They want to get the distributions you get from these lucrative passive investments, and they're going to be stymied by you having title to that LLC in your own Wyoming LLC. 
And we don't need to set up a new Wyoming LLC for every single passive investment. You could use a Wyoming LLC for a number of them, but you'll be better protected uh, in that scenario. I love that. Thank you for that. And let's talk to the folks who are sponsoring deals, who are really, you know, raising capital, they're raising private capital, perhaps even maybe they're raising a fund uh, and they're buying much larger assets and they're participating with a larger, you know, number of other individuals and or other entities. Let's talk about asset protection there, because obviously you get fairly complex and you've got many more sort of, uh, you know, irons in the fire, so to speak. So, I mean, what sort of general strategies would you suggest for folks who are building a larger syndication business as it relates to asset protection? And I do want to get into legal due diligence because I find that to be fascinating and very important as well. But let's, let's keep the conversation on asset protection for now. All right. So if you're a syndicator, you can use an LLC to buy the property and sell interests in the LLC. Uh, You can also use a limited partnership. Uh, A lot of syndicators will use the LP. With the limited partnership, by definition, you have to have two partners. You have to have one, uh, a group of limited partners, at least one limited partner. And you have a general partner who is in charge of management of that limited partnership. Now, if you personally, Tyler, are the general partner of that limited partnership, you're personally responsible for everything that happens within that entity. So that's not a good position to be in. So what we do is we set up an LLC typically to be the general partner. And that way your liability is minimized. Now with the LP, we have to set up two entities, one to be the LP and then one to be the general partner. With the LLC, everyone's protected. So some people will just use an LLC and be the manager. The advantage of the LP, though, is by definition, the limiteds can't tell the general partner what to do, right? They're limited. And so syndicators will set up the limited partnership. They'll be the general partner through an LLC. So they have control over the whole investment. And it really depends on you know, what the syndicator likes. Uh, I I see it go both ways. Uh, But uh, for the purchase of property on a syndication, uh, you're either going to use an LP or an LLC. If you see a syndication document, a private placement memorandum that doesn't have an entity in the mix, you're not going to invest because they don't know what they're doing. I mean, really, the title needs to be either in in an LP or an LLC. Excellent. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and all of this is either going over your head or you're thinking, oh my goodness, I have not structured my, you know, my deals appropriately, obviously, you know, take a pause here and and put the appropriate measures in place. But, you know, more importantly, if you're planning for, you know, future growth in your real estate portfolio, what can you do to engage an individual like Garrett or his team, you know, to really, you know, learn more about how you can plan to really, you know, put a strategy in place and not have hope be your strategy. And so I love this. Um, so I think this is all super, super important. One thing that I do also find to be really important, and maybe I kind of nerd out a little bit on due diligence for some reason, I don't know why, because it's like, the, it's like what, you know, Ronald Reagan said years ago, and he said, trust, but verify, right? It's like, right. okay, I hear you. I see you. But let me just let me just confirm that this is the case before we actually make this acquisition. So let's talk a little bit about legal due diligence and you know some of the top places that you really look in terms of trusting but verifying legal information as well as avoiding legal pitfalls when making acquisitions of real estate. 
Well, one of the key things with regard to uh, any entity, corporations, LLCs, LPs, is you have these ongoing corporate formalities that you have to follow. It's not enough to just set up the entity, you pay your money to the state and you're done. You need to have an operating agreement for an LLC. You need to have meetings of the first minute, uh, meetings of the first meeting, minutes of the first meeting. Uh, you need to have a certificate uh, showing who has ownership in the entity. That's all done at the start. And then ongoing, you have to have a meeting once a year, right? You have to file a separate tax return. You, uh, you have to pay the fees to the state. And so there are these ongoing formalities. And when you talk about due diligence, Tyler, that is really important. If you're going to invest uh, in an LLC that's been around for a couple of years, you want to make sure that they've followed the corporate formalities, that they've done the annual uh, meeting minutes, that they've paid the annual fees to the state. Because what can happen is if they don't do that, the entity gets sued, someone has a judgment against the entity, and if they haven't followed the formalities, it's called piercing the corporate veil. They can pierce through the veil and get at the individual owners. And this is not this is not what you intended. You paid the money to set up the entity and you want that protection. Uh, it's not hard to do, but it's pretty dramatic if you don't do it. They can go right through the corporation and get at your personal, personal assets. And actually that's the next book I'm writing called Piercing the Veil. It'll be out in the spring. I'm in the middle of writing it now. And it's interesting, Tyler, in half of all cases, the veil is pierced. So people aren't doing the due diligence that they need to do to maintain their entities. And we, we clean entities up for people all the time. If you haven't done your minutes, don't tell anyone, but just let us know and we can clean it up. Yeah. And it's about your behavior, right? It's not just about having a document in place, but it is about behaving as, you know, this corporation would, right? And, you know, because it's not about being a shell organization, it's about actually operating. And who knows, maybe taking monthly meeting minutes might actually help you in another way as well. So I think there's a lot of value in that. I mean, I, I would imagine that you advise clients on, hey, here's how, here's exactly what you need to be doing. I mean, is there any other sort of you know, guidance or, you know, outside of your work. I mean, obviously I would point many of the listeners to your books to be able to educate themselves. At the end of the day, it is about education for effective action so that you can bring an advisor like Garrett and his team onto your team uh, to really advise you, but it is about how you behave. But is there anything else that you'd point to in terms of behavior that you see as being sort of a falling point for, for many investors? Well, on the minutes, we, we give you a book when you form an entity with us. We give you a book that's got all the forms in it. So, uh, you know, you can do this yourself. Uh, for a lot of people, it's like going to the dentist. And so we have a service where we'll do it for you if you don't, if you just never get around to doing the minutes. Um, but I like your idea that this is an attitude that you have with regard to operating a corporation. It is an attitude. Um, you are an individual, uh, but you're using this entity, which is a legal person to, as defined by the state, you're using this separate legal person to do your work so that you have that protection. And so, you know, you have to distinguish between yourself and the legal entity. You can't commingle funds, right? You can't use uh, your personal bank account 
to pay business expenses. And this happens more often than not using the business uh, expense account to pay personal expenses. You can't commingle money like that. You have to have the attitude that these are separate things. I'm an individual, my corporation or LLC is a separate individual and I've got to keep them separate. Yeah, that's super important. And, you know, another thing as far as like due diligence, it's so interesting. We go down due diligence and it is about your own behavior. It's about how are you operating within your corporation or within the entities that you have set up. Uh, But beyond that, it's it's about, you know, really looking beyond, you know, if you're looking to grow your organization, you've got to do due diligence, you know, not only from a physical capacity on the new asset, but you've got to do, 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 Due diligence. Wow, this is a uh, an absolute mouthful here. Uh, I'm going to be careful because I might, might say a bad word here soon. Uh, Doo doo. Uh, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm talking about due diligence when you when you think about from a legal perspective and you're looking at a new opportunity. I mean, is there anything that you would point to that's kind of low hanging fruit and or more sophisticated in terms of you know identifying potential pitfalls and creating new opportunities from a legal perspective? Well, one thing in terms of due diligence is is really important, and that is a lot of people are going to be buying existing businesses, right? I mean, with the pandemic, businesses are closing, businesses are being for, are, are put up for sale. Uh, so people are going to be looking at buying an existing business. And one of the things you've got to do is do the due diligence on the entity, be it a corporation or an LLC, because... A lot of business owners are going to want to sell you the LLC. And when you take over that LLC, you become responsible for anything that happened within that LLC. And so a lot of business attorneys in in this setting will encourage their clients to just buy the assets of the LLC. Don't take on the LLC itself, you don't know what skeletons are in that closet. So you just buy the assets and roll them into a new LLC because you become, when you take over that existing LLC, and let's say three years ago, there was a claim of sexual harassment and you own that entity now, you're responsible for that claim. You're much better off just buying the assets, you know, the inventory, the goodwill, the name of the business, and putting it into a brand new LLC that you know you just formed and there's no problems with. So that becomes a big issue on the sale of a business. Yeah, I think that's super important is just fully understanding what are your liabilities and making appropriate decisions otherwise. And one thing that I find to be you know, so interesting in real estate is, you know, when you're acquiring an income producing property, you're truly acquiring really the contracts in place, you're, you're, you're acquiring leases, you're acquiring other obligations. So having a full understanding of what it is that you're actually getting yourself into, you know, from an opportunity, as well as a risk standpoint, and really, you know, going in eyes wide open, and developing a business plan and developing a strategy to capture those opportunities to minimize your risk. And so I just think it's so important for folks to be extremely thoughtful and extremely diligent in how they're, you know, performing their own due diligence from every different vantage point. So thank you for, you know, really shedding so much expertise uh, on all of these subjects. And and Garrett, I, I want to talk about you now. I really want to talk about, you know, how are you investing in yourself these days? Obviously, you're, you're someone who continues to raise the bar, you know, and continuing to put out valuable content from, you know, all of the books that you write and everything that you do with your practice. You know, so talk to me about how are you actually investing in yourself these days? And the reason why I asked that question is because 
I find that those who continue to raise the bar are those who, you know, continue to look within and say, hey, how can I improve? And uh, it strikes me that you, you're absolutely in that camp. So talk to me a little bit about your personal investments. Well, you know, my wife and I have invested in real estate, and that has just been terrific. I've been associated with Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Advisor Group for 20 years. And, you know, Robert was pretty adamant early on that I should be investing in real estate. And what a, what a terrific mentor he is. And I look back after 20 years and thank God I invested in real estate, you know, and, and people listening in, uh, you know, just know that someday it's going to benefit you that you've invested in real estate. Maybe you've done some 1031 exchanges, you've moved up. Uh, This is a good thing to do. In terms of, you know, myself, I really enjoy writing the books, Tyler. I mean, it just, I I enjoy getting up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning, you know, a cup of coffee and, and, and writing the books so that I can help people understand these various uh, topics. My latest one, I have to hold it up, is called uh, Scam Proof Your Assets. And they did a survey within Rich Dad as to what are people most afraid of. And one of the top things is getting scammed. I mean, we are all deluged by uh, these uh, scamsters, uh, you know, email, uh, internet, uh, phone, you know. And so I just wrote a book for people to understand where it's coming from. And and more importantly, because the scams change all the time, what are the patterns, right? What are the things that these scamsters do on an ongoing basis so you can be better protected uh, to stand up to it? And one of the other things I argue in the book, uh, Tyler, is the government needs to start going after these people, right? The government's kind of held their hands up. Well, that's your problem. In fact, if you're a business and you get hacked, the government holds you responsible and the hacker goes free, right? There's no consequence for the hacker. Um, So we need to turn that around. And the government needs to start going after people who are doing these scams. Um, So to get back to your question, I really enjoy the writing and just the, you know, the communicating uh, the, the legal concepts in a way that people can understand them. So I'm still writing. It's still very enjoyable. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm looking forward to your, your book on scam proofing your assets, because yeah, it, it does feel like we've got a very fraudulent world out there. And we've all got to kind of be looking over our shoulder a bit and be thoughtful. But I love just being proactive in terms of scam proofing your assets and scam proofing your life. So uh, thank you in advance uh, for that book. And so we'll definitely put a link in the show notes for how everyone can really, you know, become aware uh, of your work and and all of your existing books. But, you know, I would actually be curious to ask you about, you know, being a rich dad advisor. I mean, uh, you've been that for 20 years working with Robert Kiyosaki and and a cohort of other, you know, world-class individuals. I mean, how did that come about? And uh, how, how has your experience been? Obviously you described that just a bit, but how did that originally come about? Well, I just was really lucky, uh, Tyler. I mean, there was a a CPA in Reno where I live who moved to Phoenix and became associated with Robert and they needed a Nevada attorney and they interviewed a few. And one of the fortunate things is I played rugby. I love rugby. And Robert is a huge rugby fan. He played rugby at a very high level with the Hawaii Harlequins, which was an excellent team out of Hawaii that traveled around the Pacific Rim. Uh, playing rugby. Uh, So, you know, being a rugby player, and that's also being a team player. If you play rugby, it's a very much a team sport. 
Um, so being someone who likes team sports and is willing to play uh, well with the team uh, was important. And as you know, I mean, the Rich Dad uh, group, the advisors, we've traveled not only around the U.S., but around the world. I mean, the message of financial education is not taught in schools anywhere, you know. And so, uh, you know, we go to South America, Australia, Europe, uh, South Africa. You know, the message needs to be heard everywhere because the school systems and the governments of various countries do not focus on financial education. You've got to go out and get that information yourself. Yeah, I could not agree more. And that's one of the reasons why I love what you guys do, because it's so important. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing the show is because I feel like we can help folks become more educated and more financially literate and beyond. And why, why do you think that is? I mean, why do you think schools don't teach about financial education? I mean, it's, it's baffling to me. What's your, what's your opinion? Well, I mean, you know, the answer could range from various conspiracy theories to just, uh, you know, <laughs> teachers, you know, just are, they get paid by the government and, they, and they're just not in the mindset of, you know, the private sector and, and, and financial uh, abundance. You know, that's not their world. Um, I don't have a good answer for you, Tyler. I wish I did. Uh, Robert has tried within uh, the schools in Arizona to get uh, some of the uh, message into the local curriculum, and he's just met with a stone wall. You know, hmm. they just don't want to bring that information aboard. I mean, you know, for me, I had trouble with, I still don't know what calculus is all about. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what it's trying to measure. Um, you know, and algebra, you look back in high school, when was the last time you used algebra, <laughs> right? I mean, how often do you use a quadratic equation in your business? That could be time spent on law, uh, you know, financial education, you know, mortgages, real estate. I think if they had a course in the 12th grade to keep people in school that taught them all this information that they need, people would stick around for, for their senior year of high school. But Tyler, like you said, I mean, guys like you putting out this information is great because it's not going to come through the school system anytime soon. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a brief time out from the show, this incredibly mind expanding discussion to speak to the high achievers, the high performers. I wanted to speak to those who have a burning desire to go to the next level and beyond. First of all, I hear you and I see you. When I got started as a real estate entrepreneur, fresh out of my W2 corporate job, I was excited and jubilant to create and design my future. At the same time, my business and life was filled with confusion, filled with fear, doubt, uncertainty, and to be honest with you, sometimes even sleepless nights and hopelessness, even while experiencing what many would have considered substantial success. Ultimately, I mustered up the courage to hire one of the world's top high-performance business coaches to work directly with me on creating strategies, systems, and profound shifts towards accelerating my multifaceted performance and to become an industry leader. After years of investing significant resources into myself and in my business through this process, I am now paying it forward as a high-performance coach to those who feel called to elevate to the extraordinary. Wherever you are right now, you know deep down that you have it within you to be great. If you're someone who's seriously looking to elevate your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal flow, your network, your net worth, your lifestyle, and ultimately your life right now and ongoing for the rest of your life, I have a message for you. Because if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. 
I have limited coaching spots available to guide people like you who want to substantially close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. These are first come first serve and demand high touch one-to-one focus from me directly to you. And this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive, committed, and willing to do whatever it takes. It's only for those willing to play full out and invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to achieve greatness in real estate investing and beyond, which is what we're all about on this podcast. This is for those defiantly inspired for transforming as an empowered, limitless, and unstoppable human being in full control of their and their business's future. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com where you can apply for this life-changing opportunity. We will then schedule a discovery session where we will directly discuss what's working, not working, and how we can work together to accelerate your future. With that said, enjoy the rest of the show. For sure. And it's really interesting too, because you think about financial intelligence, you think about financial education and how important it is and all of the things you just described, whether it's, you know, learning about law or learning how to to negotiate or, you know, one thing that I think about a lot is, you know, emotional intelligence because of the fact, you know, especially being an entrepreneur, being a real estate investor, you've got to manage your emotions, right? You've got to understand, you know, that your emotions can be hacked by other people, they can, you know, pull strings and get you to do things that you may not really kind of serve the serve your future self. And so I'd be curious, I mean, how do you manage your own emotions in time of stress, or in times of, you know, high stakes pressure? You know, is there anything that you'd point to directly? Yeah, a good bottle of red wine. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes some rye whiskey. No, um, you know, you get to, you've been doing this for 40 years. You've seen the ups and downs. You've seen uh, what happens to your clients. Unfortunately, you know, there's some horror stories that you, your clients have gone through. And, and so you just, over time, you, you've seen it and you know that it does exist. These things are going to happen. There are upsets that are going to occur within your life. And, uh, you know, do you go off the deep end or you just keep going and, and uh, manage to work through it? And I, my, my strategy is just to keep working through it. Yeah. And it reminds me of the, uh, the quote by Marcus Aurelius, and I don't have it uh, directly in front of me, but it's, it's not about the conditions of your life, but it's the estimation you have of it, right? And it's the same thing, you know, when you have a challenge in your business, it's not, it's not the problem, it's how do you react to that problem. And, you know, I think the example that you've just set for us is that, you know what, there's going to be challenges along the way, let's face them head on. And let's go through them. And let's learn from this. And let's let this be a blessing and a tool for our tool belt for us to become better, because it doesn't get easier, we just get better. And so uh, I love that. But Garrett, what are you most excited about these days? What What's really getting you out of bed th- these days? Oh, you know, this next book has been is, is fun to write. Uh, I'm enjoying that. Uh, my kids are uh, all in grad school now. And so, you know, just watching them uh, go through this and, and mature and, and benefit from this extra information. My son's at the University of Wyoming Law School. And so that's been fun, you know, to hear about going through law school again, because you ask any lawyer, and that's one of the most uh, memorable three years of their life, is that that process of starting out law school, learning essentially a new language, and then taking the toughest test you'll ever take, the bar exam. So, uh, you know, that's kind of been fun to follow uh, Ted through, through that experience. 
That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And I can just feel the passion that you have when you speak about your children and, and what you're doing there. Uh, so thank you so much. And, and I'm really enjoying this conversation, Garrett. I want to be respectful of your time. And I want to transition into what we call the rare air questionnaire. It's our rapid fire section. This is all about being uncommon. It's all about pushing the limits. It's all about raising the bar so that we can continue to expand our own capacity and so that we can create more so that we can protect our future as well. And so I'd love to just ask you a few questions questions, one of which, you know, being someone who's committed to continuing to write and continuing to, you know, provide excellent educational material in your books. I'd love to know, I mean, what are you reading? And what are you, you know, if you had to point to two or three of the most exciting, you know, or impactful books that you've read, you know, over the past few years, what would you say? Well, right now, I'm reading a lot of history books. I'm, I'm, I'm reading about the California gold rush. Uh, so, I've just read a number of books about that. I mean, that's just such an interesting part of our nation's history. And, you know, I, I live um, in Reno on the east side of the Sierra, but as part of this history uh, gathering, I've been going to some of the gold rush towns, uh, you know, Placerville, Downeyville, Sonora. It's just, I, I find the history fascinating. Um, and so, in terms of business books, uh, Robert Kiyosaki always has us uh, reading various books. Uh, and one that I'm just starting that Robert recommends is called The Fourth Turning. And it, it's how various generations turn over and, and how um, you can kind of predict the patterns of history according to the generations. Uh, so that's a business uh, and historical book that I'm reading now. Yeah, that's a fascinating one. I actually just purchased it recently myself, and I'm really looking forward to diving into that. But I do want to circle back on the gold gold rush. Uh, I was actually in Northwest Montana a couple of weeks ago, and we were at a ghost town called the Garnet Ghost Town in Northwest Montana. I found it to be so fascinating because they had occupied this town. And it was up on the top of this mountain. I mean, 6,000, 7,000 feet up. And they were bringing horse and buggies up to this thing. I mean, you want to talk about commitment to, to finding this gold. It was absolutely astounding because we're driving our vehicles up there. And it's like, wow, this is kind of taking longer than I thought. And uh, it's just, it's really interesting. And you think about, you know, the role that gold is playing now in our economy and, and sort of what that might look like in the near future or, or you know, medium or long-term future. So that's, that's fascinating. I love to hear that you're continuing to invest in your own learning. Uh, you know, I'd love to know also, you know, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? I know we've talked about, you know, from a professional standpoint, just continuing to push the bar, continuing to learn, do what you're passionate about. But how would you say that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Maybe the biggest way. Well, I, I, I mean, it's pretty basic. I, I find I get up in the morning, I write, and then I exercise. I mean, for me, just working out every morning uh, is just now it's part of my life but I can't imagine not doing it. So, I mean, that gets me elevated, you know, it just, it puts your head in the right space and uh, you know, it's good for the body. And, and so I try and exercise every day. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I'm with you too. If I don't, if I don't get uh, some movement in, I tell you what, I'm not the same person. So uh, I love that. And uh, what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you, Garrett? Well, I think in, in our office here, uh, you know, we just have a very congenial office. We don't allow politics at all. I mean, office politics, any type of politics. People are here to work. We have, a, uh, like I say, a very collegial team. And uh, we, we just, the whole idea is to do what's best for the client. 
And as long as you're focusing on that, as long as you're providing a valuable service, the money will come. And, and that's another one of Robert's teachings. You know, don't, don't worry about the money. Provide a great service and everything else will follow. Absolutely. No, that's a great uh, mantra for all of us to follow. And uh, man, I just really appreciate you, Garrett. I really appreciate you taking time today. And I think that we're all better for it. Is there any other parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today? Well, I just think that it's great, Tyler, that you put on this show and get thought leaders on here to, to talk about it. Because as we mentioned earlier, you're not going to get this in school. So thank you for what you're doing. No, my pleasure. And thank you for that. Thank you for being so kind. And uh, thanks for being so generous with your time and your wisdom. And uh, with all that said, I mean, tell Elevate Nation how they can learn more about what you do and uh, engage with your company as well. Well, our main website is corporatedirect.com. And we also offer a free 15-minute consult with an incorporating specialist. If you need an LLC or a corporation, you want to learn about Wyoming or Nevada, whatever, you can call 800-600-1760 and set up a time with one of our incorporating specialists for 15 minutes. And Let's just see if we can help you. If, if you know you feel good about our company and you want to work with us, uh, we're happy to get on the phone and talk with you. That's awesome. And I, I highly encourage Elevate Nation to do so. We will put links in the show notes on how you can you know, contact Garrett, contact his team uh, and reach you know, their website. We've got various different social media platforms that you're available on as well. And so uh, I highly encourage you know, Elevate Nation to, to take Garrett up on his offer there and uh, also re-listen to the show because I know there's a lot of important strategies, a lot of important tools that you need to be implementing into your business immediately. And if you haven't, you know, maybe there's some corrections that you can go ahead and make on your existing business there. But I also encourage you to share this with someone else. And perhaps you can even share your top three key distinctions. It's like, hey, you know, this one really hit me in the gut because I know I made a few mistakes here, but that's okay. I'm glad I found out about it on this show rather than in, you know, a, you know, a legal proceeding, so to speak. So I would highly recommend that you share this with someone else. If you found value, we, we're always grateful for that. And, uh, you know, listen again and take notes. And But at the end of the day, the most important piece is to take massive action on what you learned because, you know, information without action is just, you know, it's just purely information. You know, knowledge is not power, but action is the real power. So with all that said, Garrett, I just want to thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, Tyler. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, indeed. It's all here. So uh, Elevate Nation, thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.